Welcome to See Me After Class. This is a podcast by two New Zealand secondary school teachers based in the Southern Alps of New Zealand. We operate out of classrooms that look out over the most stunning mountain ranges in the bottom of the South Island. And it's my pleasure to introduce Renee Plunkett, who is a fourth year English teacher. And sitting here with me is Chris War, a teacher with 17 years under his belt from both overseas and here in New Zealand. And Renee, apart from being a teacher, is also an avid gardener. And Chris also enjoys triathlon. This podcast is about the day-to-day realities and joys and sometimes horrors of our teaching experience in the classroom. So we invite you to listen in and we invite you to give us feedback on what you hear. This is... See me after class. Well, welcome along to Term 3, Week 1 and Episode 20 of See Me After Class. G'day, Renee. Hello, Chris. I just... Episode 20, are we up to there already? I know. It's been a, it's been a bit of a bit of a journey, this one, hasn't it, now that I think about it? Episode 20, wow. That so, just hit me. Yeah, and we're launching into a new term with this podcast with new vigour and with mm. some thoughts about how we think this uh, program could develop over time. One of the things is that we do receive some feedback from time to time from a variety of sources, but never in such an official way as we feel it's illegitimate to replay or read them on, mm. to the audience. I'm very keen to sort of make a change to that. One of the things we thought we'd ask is if you want to make a comment or give feedback about the podcast that you would like to have broadcast on the podcast, if you use something like the um, review section on Apple Podcasts, then we'll know since it's already published that it's okay for us to repeat that. And I'd love to be Mm. able to do that. Yeah, that would be awesome. It'd be great to hear anybody's feedback. Or if you just want to feed into any of our conversations, give us a point that you think maybe we have missed or skipped over. Um, That'd be awesome to hear as well. That'd be great. And in relation to what we're going to do in the podcast this term, another area that we have been receiving feedback on that does please me and that we want to now (laughs) amplify is that it, it, it apparently appeals to you, dear listener, when we take a more pointed or controversial position on things. And to be honest, I feel like most of the time I do inhabit a relatively controversial place in relation to a lot of things in education. So I'm not, I'm not going to try and censor that. I'm going to go full force, Chris, with the occasional visitation from Denise, just to make sure that those views are out there. And I agree, it is always really good to hear what someone actually thinks so that you can form your own response as well. Definitely. And this day, we're also going to look back at the last few weeks, which have been our holidays, you know, the air quotation marks, quotation marks (laughs) hanging in the air and, um, and see how things went with our, both of our sports teams and, um, give you a bit of an outline of what's to come. So should we... Oh, we're also going to chat about our first week back at school because it has been, um, well, I always feel like the first week is a little bit of a marathon. You kind of trying to get to the end just to get back into the swing of things and hit your routine again. So shall we crack into it, Chris? Yeah, let's do that. I'm just thinking about what ended up, what I ended up like at the end of the first week. (laughs) (laughs) We've just had... We've just had an off-podcast conversation about my my Friday night, which maybe we'll relay later. Okay, so let's let's start with the sports teams. How did the netball go? Uh, Well, first of all, it was at 
it's interesting. Everybody sort of says to you when you come back to school, oh, you went away with school kids over the holidays. Are you a little bit crazy? And um, actually, no, I didn't feel crazy. I had a great time with this um, group of, there were 10 girls um, that I took away who are in year nine at school. And um, they were outstanding. And, and they weren't just outstanding on the court, they were outstanding um, off the court because they're such a nice group. So uh, we went into the competition ranked 31st out of 32 teams and we finished at 7th place, which was pretty exciting for us. Uh, um, that's, that's a bit of an indictment yeah. of your methods of team development <laughs> well, by the sound of it. Well, no, it was, uh, they. I mean, they're, again, they've, they've been a really hard-working group of girls and they've really... Um, They've been like sponges, really, just absorbing everything they possibly can when it comes to to learning about the game. But yeah, they really they really pulled it all together, which was just fantastic to see. And there are a few really close games. They lost their quarterfinal by two goals to to another school from Christchurch, and so they nearly made that top four section, which is just oh so proud. <laughs> Oh, that sounds wonderful. And it yeah. really does. I mean, it makes it all worthwhile when you go along and have those experiences. Absolutely. I did, I did notice we do have 100 staff. Um, and in the holidays, there were some sports teams that did go on various competitions. And um, then I looked and yes, although I am saying that actually, Renee, <laughs> the only sports teams that did go on trips during the holidays were our sports teams. Ours. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. I, I think one of the things I think we probably want to say is we're probably not exactly that representative as teachers. No, we're probably not, to be honest. No. Okay. So Most, um, yeah, most people don't. But how was your trip? Because you also went away at the start of the holidays. Did. And it was to Christchurch as well with the uh, triathlon club. There's, a, there's, a, there's so many stories from that little um, trip that I, I, I need to be careful to curate them. Otherwise, I'll go on for too long. But I must admit... <laughs> Don't have children myself, so when I get a chance to go out and spend time with these kids in mm. sort of outside of the school realm, it's just a delight for me. The, yeah. the drive down to Christchurch, it's a sort of five and a half hour drive, was just such joy. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 really, when they spend time with each other, one of the things that doesn't happen is that they certainly don't just all turn to their devices. They spend no. their time with each other, and the conversations that happen in the car were just hilarious, and I yeah. enjoyed that greatly. Quite enjoyed one where a couple of the older boys who were uh, who have got um, are in relationships at the moment were talking about how great it is to have a girlfriend, and they were ribbing their other friend who doesn't have a girlfriend. And there's some young, there's a younger guy in the car as well. And after a while, I said, "Well, you could always try a boy." And then they they took that on the chin very comfortably and said yeah you should try a boy and then the younger kid in the car said i'll be your boyfriend <laughs> and i was just oh. thinking this this complete innocence around those conversations definitely oh. i find quite therapeutic to be honest yeah. so i chuck my little angle in but the uh they pick up on it and run with it which i think is fantastic yeah, the other thing wonderful. is that we were staying in the centre of Christchurch and um, Christchurch has those <laughs> lime motorised scooters. And so um, one evening while we were, it was, it was a very beautiful night. I think there might have been a rugby game because the entire inner city was completely deserted. And um, we got onto those scooters and did a little bit of a central city Christchurch tour of sort of 
key landmarks and we went to see yeah. the chair memorial for the earthquake and just little things around the around the, the the central area on the scooters and we just had such a good time they're a great invention i reckon uh, that's so much fun and it's I, I love that you've brought this story up because um i teach two of your triathlon club boys in my level one class and this was one of the first things they talked to me about when they came back to school this week they wanted uh, to tell me this story oh that's um, great and they just they just raved about the the lime scooters in the trip the whole trip really but yeah. yes the lime scooters were a key feature so the actual um competition was good for us we're a triathlon team and we entered into a cycling competition and our cycling is strong for triathletes but it really doesn't match up with the best in the island when it mm. comes to pure road cycling time trial type material and so they did really well for them and but they awesome. were definitely not in the lead bunches and I think it was really motivating to them and I'm pleased that it was motivating for them to see that step up from where they are they held their yeah. own in the groups that they were competing against but there was a good half of the field in many in many instances who were ahead of them at mm. a different level of cycling as well and just showed them what the potential was in that sport and so in terms of opening their eyes to where they could take themselves as athletes it was just a great moment and in the sports we do there is a demand that students or the athletes train independently of the group training and they are happy to do so but I can see that they understood the need for that by being in, an, mm. in a larger competition it was a very worthwhile experience plus it was great because there were some other parents who came up with their mm. kids um, as part of the team we had quite a big contingent there and the families who were there were just so uh, involved in our club as a team rather than just focusing on their own kids and that sense of everybody collaborating and supporting each other had a great atmosphere to it wonderful thing mm. yes I I mean I think I can add to that a little bit on the parent angle we had uh, the majority of our parents actually traveled to Christchurch or at least one half of the um, parent team came up to support their child and just having them around and knowing that they're there to support you and coming yeah. coming to the accommodation to help prep dinner and um, picking girls up and dropping them off it was just it was so nice to have them there because they're so um, supportive of what it is that we're doing they really yeah. do value the time that we're, we're putting into these um, to our respective teams. Yeah, definitely. I felt the same. Also, there was one family in our case who have sort of set themselves up. They're, they're a family with four sons. All of oh. them are interested oh. in similar sports. And they have this like amazingly sort of per, sort of purpose designed trailer which can carry about seven bikes <laughs> and you know like all the equipment you could possibly imagine so we kind of heavily depended on the the sophistication of their kit so that we could get everything we needed to up there in the way we in the way we wanted so some families are the mainstay of this stuff they're quite amazing yeah, definitely quite, oh brilliant it's hilarious the thought of I having four sons like that all one after another all competing yeah. in similar sports must be great oh. fun in that family i think they actually oh. have transition areas marked out in their backyard <laughs> so, <laughs> wonderful That's there'll be awesome. strava segments down their driveway and things like that i'm sure <laughs> So, so um, something that I probably didn't mention, I remember when we were talking about this sport thing last term and something, I, and you drew attention to the fact that one of the reasons that you're involved as a sport coach is because of the experiences you had as a kid in sport mm, and the fact absolutely. that you want to kind of pay back that system Definitely. with your own contribution. 
Yes, and I was thinking I about how I don't, I do, I sort of have two stories there. One of them is that school sport for me was a misery, and it was essentially compulsory. And I only, I, I, I felt I, it was a, it was a something I had to participate in, but that I didn't feel part of, and that mm. I definitely don't have fond memories of school sport. It was kind of the, 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 the initiation point for a lot of the bullying I experienced throughout yes. my school life, and so I, I, I can only look back on school sport in this. Uh, terrified way if anything but then I looked at I thought again and there were still institutions in my childhood that I was part of not attached to school that were Mm. run by volunteers that brought enormous value to my life so I think it's just that I've translated that and tried to bring it into the sport and one of those for me was scouts I had at I loved Scouts and I was really into it. And it was a group of kids because I wasn't in zone for the school I went to. It was a group of kids I didn't go to school with. It was like a second childhood life, a a parallel life separate from school. And I just just enjoyed everything about it. And we did lots Mm. of outdoor adventures and a lot of bushcraft and a lot of independent stuff as well as Scouts. And I remember... Not so much the adults who ran it because they kept themselves in the background. I just remember the experience. And now yep. that I reflect on it, I realize that that experience hinged upon the volunteer work of many, mm. many committed adults. So I've I've got this volunteer contribution to young people in my blood because of that. Yes. I also remember that I used to do sailing, which is a sport, and um, mm. it was done at my local yacht club, and again, it was an entirely volunteer-run exercise. I used to just show up, little boy, without any friends, on a Saturday morning for sailing, and they'd give me a little club yacht to sail in, and I'd putter around and learn the skills and enjoy the kind of independence that you have when you're solo mm-hmm. um, in charge of a, of a yacht and the yep. um and this and and I like the sort of technical aspects of it and uh, it was a it was a great sport for me and I did that for many years I essentially did that for as long as you could do it before you had to buy your mm. own which wasn't really <laughs> within my scope and um yep. that again was done by people who almost are invisible in my memory but they just, I, I mean, it really was just something that was given to young people because of those people's yeah. commitment to, to, to the young. And so I definitely do have actually the same heritage mm. that you do in terms of being yeah. contributed to and wanting to give back. And I'm hoping that my club that I'm involved in now ha- uh, carries some of that spirit and ethos forward. But I do mm. want to kind of pause and think about how the tri-club and the netballers <laughs> within the school will have the kind of identity yeah. that I would have felt excluded from when I was at school. And um, I, I think there, it's, a, it's a long job to make those experiences accessible to everybody. I totally agree with you. I do think, just like building on from what you've said here, I do I do believe that um, most, if not all, um, sporting groups or or um, just particularly around team sports, tend to have some kind of persona um, within the school. They've got some, there's a sort of vibe that they give off, and so I think it is something that you can't just change overnight to to be. Um, something that everyone's going to feel is accessible to them but definitely something to think about long term how we can ensure that you know we are making these opportunities not um we're not isolating anybody from any of this 
Yeah, I and think in particular I need to do that because I know what it's like to be on the other side of abs- it. Yeah. And yeah. I hate to be hate to think that I was part of perpetuating that and just because mm. I wasn't paying attention because it is yeah. something I think you have to pay conscious attention to. Absolutely. So it's, it's something I think I'll ask the kids about as well. I mean, one of my sort of curious questions throughout yeah. this term. How, how easy is it to step in and what does it feel like when you're part of it? I think they'll mm. probably be quite honest, so that'll be good. Awesome. How was your first week? Yeah, it was it was great. I actually, I mean, the night before I go back, every time, this happens to me every single, at the end of every single holiday, so the night before I go back to school, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going back to school tomorrow. I've just gotta, I'm just going to have to pick myself up and do it. And then I walk in the door to my first class, I see my Fano group, um, and I'm I'm back there, and and it, it, everything's fine, and I feel really good about being there. Um, but I do feel like the first week is definitely uh, takes a lot more energy, I guess, than the other weeks, just to get yourself back into that um, constant kind of teaching high energy, particularly with what I've been doing this week. We've just started um, our public speaking unit. And so there's been a lot of cajoling, I guess, happening around the room to try and get kids um, engaged and excited possibly, or just just ready to give it a go. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a high energy week, I guess, to answer your question simply. Yeah, I think thing? that you definitely do notice that, don't you, when you come back mm, to school, mm. that the degree of energy required to get yourself through a day is is a pretty significant and does uh, take it out of you. <laughs> I, yeah. I know a lot of us are talking about how after day one we sort of went home and collapsed just to, and, <laughs> yeah. you, and, and then after a while you just get into the rhythm of that. Um, but do. I do I do think that the holidays are pretty necessary to reset after that much energy output. Yeah, my week's been yeah. good. A lot of my students have actually done the, have finished there and are starting to present their speeches because I've got a similar rhythm to you. And mm. um, that's been quite profound and quite humbling. And Aww. some of them have had to overcome some significant personal challenges yep. and anxieties to be able to stand up in front of the class and speak in mm. the way they have. I've mm. had one class telling stories and um, having to include a component of magical realism in those stories. I've had another class setting up them, themselves up to present um, speeches in the form of propaganda. So ag- arguing for, in some yep. cases, extremist positions and so really, you know, challenging intellectual work, but also mm. more, more importantly, probably for them, challenging on a personal level, just to summon the courage to stand mm. up and, and, and create those, those, experiences for their class I do find it humbling I sit there I'm marking it obviously but I'm sitting there also just appreciating what they've had to put themselves through to get there I know there are kids who 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 are so anxious that they will literally vomit in the toilet in the minutes before the lesson just to just to get rid of the anxiety to be able to do it and it does feel challenging as a teacher to be creating a context that requires them to put themselves through so much challenge Mm. it's it's not a comfortable thing but boy I do feel it's important that every one of our citizens is able to use their voice in a public setting and that we've exposed them to that in school so that they know that regardless of the challenge that they can do it should they need to yeah absolutely and I think I think that's the key I, I, I think they know that they can give it a go like they can they can like they can speak to a group but also quite frequently when they're done um you sort of see a smile across their face or you 
watch them when they leave the room and they just they actually look quite satisfied with themselves like yeah this was a this was a valuable thing for me to do um some of them don't but I find more often than not even if they're really nervous to get up there they do in the end see the merit in what they've done yeah, I think for a lot of them it's a significantly meaningful achievement and not mm. something they would do without our prompting for them to do Absolutely. so. Absolutely, yeah. Have there been any any like highlight moments during your, the presentation of speeches this week? Um, there have been quite a few. I've, I think sometimes you just find that a student who perhaps hasn't necessarily taken a strong presence in the class stands up and just bursts forth yep. with this <laughs> enormous sort of... Uh, oratory capacity that you didn't necessarily know existed and that's always wonderful to have a revelation like that and I also just think sometimes the work they produce is either incredibly sophisticated and therefore quite intimidating and wonderful in that sense and sometimes it's that it's profound and beautiful you know they're creating Mm. works of beauty and it's just really nice to be in a classroom and in, in in a in the day in your life where you're exposed to all of that and the, and the yeah. creative output of the work that they're producing. Mm. I love I love it. And I do love them for putting themselves forward for it. And I f- definitely value it in terms of our programs of learning. And yeah. at the same time, I'm pretty sure most of the students will be pleased when it's done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, yeah, just as, like I said, I'm on the other interview, so I'm currently... trying to deal with fielding all of the reasons why my students can't possibly do speeches this year yeah yeah (laughs) I uh, another thing that I um made me reflect upon last term we were quite critical of some of the um professional development experiences we've Mm. had especially in terms of the quality of the speaking and I thought yes (laughs) I think it's legitimate to criticize some of those people when I when I can stand in my own classroom have 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds presenting material that that exceeds the capacity Far of these paid engaging. speakers quite yeah. quite significantly. And I think if, if our students can do it, then it's the least we can expect of the people that are paid to speak to us. Absolutely. Spe- speaking of that, I also went to, in the holidays, uh, you know, air quotes, holidays, went to <laughs> the um, New Zealand Teachers of English Conference, which was yeah. just over the pass in Queenstown, nice and nice and easy to get to from here. It's about an hour over the pass. And... Uh, I was able to talk about some of the work we're doing and interact with some of the of my colleagues from a, on a national um, platform, and it was it's it was a very nicely run conference in oh, um, Wakatipu High School's beautiful new facility there, and yeah. really high quality presenters. It's so nice talking to English teachers because mm. I presented one session on the on the the kind of contextualized teaching of grammar and the the class as in the the the, the delegates who were in that presentation yeah. were just so into the subject. I think there's no oh. way that no other time when I'd be able to assemble a group of people together <laughs> who have as much interest in the minutiae of teaching grammar to secondary school students than mm. then. And so and it was really thoroughgoing. Like we we used that process of devil's advocates in the room and there was good yep. debate robust debate about the things I was suggesting we might do and I, so so that was that was great like a, a very uh, professionally satisfying experience and it's just very nice to be amongst colleagues where the focus is the work we do in the classroom and really mm. pushing forward our pedagogy as opposed to kind of discussing the the, the peripheral aspects of teaching so uh, yep. I enjoyed that greatly oh good we've got <laughs> 
I, I mean, I'm quite fond of the um, NZATE conference, given that that was kind of where our um, professional and friendship relationship was really cemented, I think. That's right. It was kind of like Waitangi. our, our Waitangi our, honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Three days of sharing a room together really yes. makes you get to know one another. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, uh, I'm pleased it was. Uh, um, I'm pleased you enjoyed your experience over there um, during your air quotes holidays. And then um, for the rest of the holiday, I just tried to get my whole life back on track. You know, I just did things like <laughs> I, I, I cleaned around the yes, house and so did I. <laughs> you know, <laughs> reorganized the rubbish bins and the things that uh, made you know did all the made, made all those appointments that you don't mm. have time to make during the term. So you know, sort of did the sort of personal health and re- renewed prescriptions and all the sorts mm. of stuff that mm. just doesn't seem to be possible during a school week. So it was really nice to have a week, and I had a whole week essentially where I looked after myself and caught up, caught, caught my house and myself up on things. I did mending, you know, I. Sewed buttons yeah. on those trousers oh my gosh, with the button. And I, oh, I and love I, those trousers. <laughs> yeah, and and just yeah, exactly. Just just stuff that you you need to get done. So that's what that's I, what my holidays are like. I I also had a wee, wee I mean I say we and it was quite wee wee bit of time for myself the holidays after um, the netball tournament. My mum and my sister came down um, to stay with me for another week, and that was great. Um, awesome. But also, it's it's also, I didn't feel like I was fully on holiday because it's you've got people in the house and you're mm. constantly going out and about to do different things that they want to go and do, which is lovely. But at the same time, you kind of want some downtime during those two weeks. So, um, but my last four days of the of the school holidays, I definitely got around to all those little jobs that you've just outlined. And yeah, it was a great feeling. Like it's that I love looking around the house when you've absolutely. Uh, vacuumed and dusted and wiped every surface and I don't know it's just so satisfying Mm. it's just Mm. just for us to start the term for it all to just degenerate again (laughs) exactly oh Oh, well that's I think a good podcast for us to launch the term with um sorry listeners that we didn't have a focused topic but we will do so next week and next week we'll also have voices from the students once again once everything gets rolling and again if you've got things that you'd like to hear from or things you'd like us to amplify through this podcast we would be always keen to hear from you definitely be lovely right I'm off on an equal tournament now so um (laughs) No rest for the wicked, Renee. <laughs> no, not at all. We're off to Omaru today, so. I will have an excellent time, won't you? I will, I will, and I'll see you on Monday. Great. Good luck. Bye. This was an episode of See Me After Class with Renee and Chris. My Twitter handle is at edutronic underscore net. And mine is at Renee Plunkett too. See you next week. <laughs>